Shalom Uber, Horov, Timesaches, Baba Kamadaf Samach, Bez, the last Paraka Paraka Koines, last Daf and Paraka Koines, today's Daf discusses Hatmona, the qualifications of the Machlaikas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, Kabolas Achrayas, if someone gives a woman something to watch and it's gold and he tells her that it's silver, how much does she have to pay if something happens to it? Uh, we discuss allowing people to swear and collect based on how much they taina their thing which was damaged or stolen was worth. If someone was moiser and got the stuff taken away, can a guy just claim? Do we trust him as to how much was taken away? And then the final mission we discuss near Hanukkah damaging and the height that near Hanukkah is supposed to be. And the next paragraph begins discussing Kefel versus Dalit Vehei when there's a difference in what scenarios do we apply these Knasim? The Gemara begins by telling us that if someone lights a haystack on fire and there was Kalim inside that got burnt, Rabbi Huda says you have to pay for those as well. And the Chachamim say you're only going to be chayev for the haystack and it explicates that you're still going to be chayev for the ear space that those Kalim were as if there was grain there too. Now, that's only if he lit it in his own property and the fire spread. If he lit it in his friend's property, there everyone agrees, even the Chachamam agree, that you have to pay for the contents of the Tom and Haystack as well. Or every Huda, on the, on the other hand, would agree to the Chachamim. There'll be potter on Tom and if someone lends space to his friend to put his Haystack there, and then the guy hides something in that Haystack, over there, you'll, the, the, the guy who owns that space is only going to be hired for the haystack, not for the contents, because he only lent it to him to put his haystack there, not to hide stuff in his haystack. If he lent him the space to put wheat, and he ended up putting there barley, or vice versa. If he gave him permission to put wheat there, and he covers it with barley, so it looks like it's a pile of barley, or he does barley and covers it in wheat, over there, he's only going to pay the lower amount, the barley amount. The Shidi Mekubatsas points out that the Havmin is that he would have to pay, not for Chitin, but he would have to pay as if the Toman space was filled with Chitin. You're not going to pay more than what you damaged. Mekamash Melon, you only pay barley level payments. Robert tells us that if someone gives a dinar zahav to a woman and says, be careful, this gold coin, he tells it, be careful because it's silver. So he doesn't actually tell her how much it's worth. Then, if, so if she goes ahead and damages it, she has to pay a full dinar's worth. Because he could tell her, well, what were you doing destroying my, my dinar? But if she was just pushaya, she lost it, she didn't guard it well, then she's only going to have to pay kesef. Because she said, I only accepted to guard silver. You told me it was silver. I didn't accept to guard gold. If Mordecai tells her of Ashi, you bring in this raya from Rova, this halacha from Rova. But I learned it out from a Befeirish uh, Baraisa. We just said that if a guy gives his friend space to put wheat and he puts barley there instead, or he covers it over with barley, covers it over with wheat, he's only going to have to pay barley value. Because the owner can say, I'm only guarding your stuff insofar as barley. I, thought you, I gave you permission for barley, or I thought it was barley. So too, this woman can say, I didn't accept to guard gold. I, I'm only here for the for, for guarding silver. Next, Rav says that I heard something from Rabbi Huda. I don't remember what it was. 
So Shmuel says, what Abba? Rav, you forgot something? Maybe this is what it is. Rav Yehuda is Mechayev Toman Boesh. And in that Rav Yehuda, we will allow the person to make a claim as to how much his Toman stuff is worth to be Mechayev the Mazik of Eish. And say, oh, you know my Tommen thing that was that you know it was destroyed. It was worth a hundred bucks. This is the same takana that we made by a goslin. He can make the goslin pay however much he claims the stolen item was worth. So Amemar jumps in here and he asks, would this also apply by a moiser? If someone hands over another year to the authorities, they come, they you know the IRS clears him out, and he can taina. Is he allowed to taina how much? He lost in this Mesira to make the moisture pay. Now, according to the Mandamar who says that we you can't bring a case of Garmi to court, right? He just told the authorities and the authorities did the damage. So that's in it's not a question the guy's not gonna be paying in court. But according to the Mandamar, that says that you can bring a case of Garmi to court. We're gonna bring this moisture. Can the guy who was Nimsar, who the IRS invaded because of him, is the victim going to be able to claim how much he lost? And the Gemara leaves that with a teku. The Gemara brings a story now of someone who kicked a silver box, or a box of silver, or he threw it into a river, he destroyed it. He just damaged it. So the owner of this silver box came and claimed that he had, you know, very expensive stuff in there. He was claiming the contents of the destroyed object. He wanted to be paid back for that. So Ashi was trying to figure out, well, what's the halacha here? So Ravina tells Ravacha Bari the Rova, some say it was Ravacha Bari the Rova, it's Ravashi. Lachari, this is our Mishnah. We said that the Chamam agreed to Rabbi Yehuda that if someone lights the actual haystack of his friend, they have to pay all the contents. Or not a haystack, rather, a, a house or a tower. You have to pay the contents because you know that people store things in a bureau, in a tower. So it's not it's not even considered Tolman because you know there's stuff in here. People, you know that there's silver inside a silver box. There's going to be gems in there. Ravashi explained, "You're right. If he would have tied that he had money in his silver box, yes, the, the guy knows that there was silver in the box. He'll have to pay for it. But if you hear the guy's tying that he had these jewels, so I don't know whether you can expect that there were jewels in the silver box. That's why I'm uh, him humming. So I'm not sure whether." He's going to be high whether this counts as Tommen. And now, Adob Rav Avio tells Rav Ashi, what would be the difference between a Gazlon, someone who steals, and a Chamson, someone who comes in, he grabs your stuff, even though you don't want to sell it, he just grabs it. So he says, well, the difference is that the Chamson pays you for it, the Gazlon doesn't. So he says, hold on, how can you call him a Chamson? If he paid for it, Rav Huna says, that if you grab something and pay for it, that is a valid seal. It's officially sold. It's property of the guy who takes it. I think my answer is it's not a kasha. It, it, it would be his if the guy who is getting his stuff grabbed away says, Roitzani, then he agrees to the seal, even though it's being done aggressively. But when the guy says, not, says I, don't, I, don't, I don't want this to happen. Give me back my stuff. Keep your money. Over there, the guy is called a Hamson. And the next mission, and the final mission of Parak Akoines, as we wrap up the sugyas of Hezek, the mission tells us that if a spark flies out of a hammer and damages, you're going to be chayiv. If a camel is walking 
overflowed with flax, very flammable. And is and the flax catches fire from a store's candle inside the store. It overflows into the store and catches fire. Then as it continues and, and lights other things on fire, the balagomol is going to be chayev. If the storekeeper put his candle outside, then the balagomol is going to be chayev because he put the fire out there in Rishas Rabin where it can catch fire to passing candles. The review Huda says... One caveat, if it's near Hanukkah, then the Balachanus is going to be potter. He's allowed to have his candle out there. Now, Ravina, the Gemara, says in the name of Ravo, that you see from Rabbi Huda, that the near Hanukkah, since it's a mitzvah, you're allowed to put it within 10 Tfachim, even though it can catch fire. Because if near Hanukkah is allowed to be put above 10 Tfachim, right? this is a riot that the shear of near Hanukkah is that it has to be under 10 Tfachim. Because if you're able to put it up higher, then why would you be potter? The camel guy can say, dude, you should have put your candle a lot higher, higher than camels and their loads so that it wouldn't go on fire. It is your fault. LMI. Ner Hanukkah is supposed to be in this flammable zone, Tent Fachim. But the Gemara says the truth is, he could have put it above Tent Fachim. It would still be it's in Ner Hanukkah. But you still can't taina that he has to make it higher because since he's doing a mitzvah, there are bonon who created this mix, this mitzvah, aren't matriachim to make it so high. And uh, Rav Kahano brings a drasha from Rav Nosan Bar Minyoimi in the name of Rebbe Tanchum that if Ner Hanukkah is too high, a.k.a. over 20 amos, it's possible, just like a sukkah or a mavoy, which would be possible if it's that high. You don't see it, you lose your pursuit nisa. We need that pursuit Hadranalochakoinis, which began discussing if someone brings a sheep into a corral and he closes it properly, it'll be potter. If not, it'll be chayiv. If it opened up in, at a, in a time or in a way that he couldn't have known, then it'll still be potter. Listenberg and Lechayiv, if they were the ones that, ta- that ta- took it out. We spoke a lot about Bor and Aish. Bor Hashem. We begin the seventh Perek, Perek Merubo, which tells us that. More often does one pay kefal than he pays arbo vachamisha, the dollar to hay payments, four or five times the value of the, of the principal, the karen, because you always pay kefal for every theft, whether the thing was alive or not. But dollar to hay, you only pay by an ox and a sheep. The Pulsic says, and there, if he shechts or sells it, there he's going to pay a dollar of a hay. So it's less of a common payment. A less common knas. The Gemara tell the Mishnah tells us that if someone steals from a thief, he doesn't pay kefal. And the same with dollar of a hay. If you shechted or, or sold a stolen item, you don't pay dollar of a hay. In the Gemara, we ask, isn't there another difference between Kefal and Dalad Vehei? See, Kefal, you pay whether you steal it or you tiny that it was stolen, even though you were the one that was holding on to it. Tainus Ganev. By Dalad Vehei, you don't pay Dalad Vehei if you tiny Tainus Ganev. There should be a riot to Rechid by Abba who says, by the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that if someone taina, he taina's taina's gana, he says that this item was stolen, even though he's just holding on to it. 
he's holding on to a collateral. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry, it was stolen. Right? And then he plans on, you know, selling the Rolex. So he has to pay Kefel if he shechted or sold the Picadon. He does have to pay Dalar Vehe. So you see that Tanya's of does apply by both from the fact that it wasn't listed in our Mishnah. Some of them that it's a riot, or some tiny tiny scan, if buy it, because then he has to pay Kefel. But the Gemara says not necessarily because it doesn't say that the only difference between Kefel and Dalar Vehei is Shor and Se. It's said that this is one way that Kefel is more common than Dalar Vehei. But in Echanani, it left out other cases, it left out Tainas Ganav as well. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.